Oh, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all of you out there. So, how are you doing today? I hope you're having a fantastic day because today and every day, yeah, it's a great day. Uh, today's conversation is really going to be about empowerment and resilience, especially in kids. So, my guest, Christina M. Ramirez, she can be found at Christina, that's C R I S T I N A mramirez.com but we're going to talk about like i said some resilience and it's okay to fail yeah you heard it it is it's okay to fail but we've all heard that thing where they say failure is not an option that true it really isn't an option but it is okay to fail because from failure you learn right so you go out and you do it again until you get it right. But try not to think of failure as really failing. It's a learning process. At least that's how I look at failure. So if you're ready, let's get right into it. So let's do it now. Don't fail. This is so casual, but I just want to make sure that we uh, get the point across. And I, I really want to focus on um, children and the resilience and how they can focus, how they can get ahead. You know, part of what you have here, I've got things written down, is um, how to allow kids to build confidence by allowing them to fail. Because that, I, I'm going to tell you right off the bat, that is a huge thing for me because it started with the mm -hmm. everybody is a winner kind of thing. But I'll, we'll get into that part later. Wow. And, you know, we touched a little bit about your sports and your love of I'm going to say action, even though you say it takes a lot out of you to just the courage to do it, uh, especially with your snowboarding and becoming a, what was it, USS, USASA silver yeah. medalist. I, snowboarding is still relatively new for competition and that kind of stuff. So how did that come about? <laughs> there are not that many 50-year-old women that compete in snowboarding. So it's not that hard <laughs> to qualify <laughs> to nationals and it's not very hard to place at nationals because there are not that many of us. But I figured, you know, I, I'm always here with them anyways and I might as well, I, I wanted to try to compete because I just, I wanted to be a national champion, you know, like I knew I wasn't going to get gold because I'm really slow. Uh, but I, I just, I thought it'd be, I wanted to be a best-selling author and a, and a, you know, a medalist in the national championships in snowboarding. Um, so I just did it. And yeah, it's, um, it's not that hard of a feat at my age. So well, it, nonetheless, it is an accomplishment. So it's, there's encouragement for those out there that are listening who, who are 40 and above when we think, ah, it's past my prime, past my time. It's like, no, uh, the thing is, like, I mean, I showed up. It's not my fault that no other woman in my age group showed up, right? But the opportunity is there, and I just yeah. took it. And I think I lead my life like that a lot. That's huge right there, what you said. I think for a lot of times and a lot of instances for everything, show up. Just mm -hmm. show up. So it's um, there's so much that you have to offer. But like I said, the main thing that I like to concentrate on today is uh, talk about kids because we are coming into the fall season for school but this is going to be good and helpful for kids at any point in time and i believe it's 
also going to be helpful for anyone at any age. So I like to be able to start off with asking you, you know, how do you change your mindset or how do you change from I will be happy to I am happy now? Because I think right now a lot of people are not happy. Yeah. Well, I think we have this illusion that when we get something, when we achieve this thing, um, then we will be happy. And we don't give ourselves permission to just enjoy the place that we are in right now. And for me, like confidence, happiness, all of those things are just decisions that we make. And then we stay true to that decision. So if you want to be happy right now is to allow yourself the permission that even though life is not what I expected it would be or it's not what um, I wanted it to be or where I want it to be right now, I'm good. Everything is okay. I'm happy. Like I'm I'm. Like, I don't have to delay my happiness. I can give myself permission to be happy now, regardless of the goals that I have or I have not met. And it's really that simple. It is. And what's interesting about all this is use that word permission. We tend not to give ourselves that permission to be happy, but we acknowledge and we give ourselves permission to be not happy, sad, angry, and things like that. Um, Why? Is it that is it really that much easier to give permission to be sad and angry? I think so. I mean, I'm not a neuroscientist, um, but there there is data out there that says it's easier for you to have a negative thought than a positive thought. It's easier for you to feel bad than for you to feel good. And I think, again, I'm not, I don't want to pretend I'm an expert in an area that I'm not. Um, It comes from like our primitive selves, right? Like we have to be on alert. We have to be um, anxious so that we can be um, in tune with the threats to our existence. So I think it is easier to feel sad than it is to feel happy. And add to that, I think there's also a lot of conditioning. You know, it's like, oh, if you're happy, it's like, well, there must be something behind it or maybe there's something wrong with you. Whereas if there's something wrong with you, then it's like, oh, let me help you. Like, it, it's almost like somebody can, can come from a, a, a stronger frame to help you. So it feels nice to be helped and it feels nice to be cared for. And when you aren't feeling great, like, what do you want the most? Like, you want the hug from somebody, right? So, yeah. um So I think there's some of those dynamics, but I do, and I'm not about toxic positivity, right? Like shit happens, sorry, like stuff happens. Um, You know, if you would have told me that happiness was a choice a week after my husband died, I would have punched you, you know, like, no, that Mm -hmm. like, but even in like the worst of times, I believe there is a thread. Like once we can, when, once we can grab onto that thread, that, that gets to our thinking mind when it's not flooded with emotions and with chemicals and we can see that thread, we can grab onto it. And that gives me control and it gives any of us control to then direct where our thoughts go. And my thought could have been my life is over, like everything that I had built, like everything that we created, like we lived in a rural town in the middle of nowhere in New Mexico. You know, that was my dream. I had to give all of that up. You know, so either my life is over or I get the choice to say is like, I get to redefine the rest of my life because unfortunately he died, but I'm still here. And so are my kids. And that's a choice that we all have the power of making. 
It is. It really is a choice. Um, and I, I, you know, a few things that you just now said, I, I liken it to some of the folks who go on a vacation and they're always miserable, <laughs> but they always go on a vacation. And to some people, and I think to many people, that misery or that um, anger or whatever emotion that they have that's not the happy one, that's their norm, but that's how they look at it. And then, as you were saying too, Oftentimes, it seems like when things are right and they're going fine, we say something's not right or something's right. got to be wrong or something's got to go wrong. Relationships are the same. Everything's nice and hunky-dory. What's wrong? Something's got to be wrong. You're not saying right. it's like, no, everything's fine. Um, yeah. So does that come down to, like I said, a choice and a mindset, how we can shift our mind to, to accept that happiness and be happy? And I, I believe so. In my experience, in, you know, in my personal life and with the hundreds of people that I have coached, it is that, you know, and, and that's why I like the theme of being empowered by discomfort, because you can face the challenge, but you can choose to see it as, okay, this is going to make me angry and keep me stuck, or it's like, ooh, I want that, like, I don't, you know, or I don't want to feel that anymore. And it's going to propel you to action and to evolve in your next, you know, iteration of, of who you are. So, I mean, that's, that's my belief. I, I'm with you on that, too, because we've all heard the thing where, you know, taking the easiest road or the easy road is not the best highway, the best road to take. Sometimes you have to go through some of those obstacles. Um, I think to get to to that happy place, you know, it's don't take easy. And people's like, oh no, but you don't understand. Like, if you give me a gajillion billion dollars and a private island, I'll be just fine. Like, you know, it's like you, you know, I'll, you know, it's like you don't like. I know that I'm gonna be great. I don't think so. I think you'll be bored out of your mind. You know, maybe you'll be, you know, hunky-dory for some amount of time, but for the rest of your life to just sit there and do nothing and not grow and expand, I don't think that's how we work, you know? Might want to ask Count Dracula on that one. (laughs) (laughs) But but you're so right. Um, uh, uh, money, Money solves a lot. But it doesn't solve everything. So, mm-hmm. and like I said, it's, there's, um, I think we need to be challenged to be happy, to be, um, to be constantly motivated and challenged to do, accomplish things. And I, 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 I want to jump into uh, the confidence and um, building resilience in kids and things like that, because that's another important thing that we should talk about is... Um, children, I'm going to say it, children are our future and I don't want to put blame on the, the pandemic and, you know, being separated and, um, you know, distance from everybody, but that did not help kids at all. That's mm-hmm. one. And now we need to find a way to help kids come back to being kids. So how do we help kids build confidence? And I know part of your thing is uh, by letting them fail. So what do you mean by that? Yeah. So um, it, 
my kid, he must have been like three years old, and we did like a little soccer tournament, right? And it's like a 15-minute game or something. <laughs> and he sat in the middle of the soccer field and picked his nose for 15 minutes. Like he did nothing. <laughs> and still at the end of the game, he got a trophy that was almost bigger than he was. And as a parent watching, like I still hadn't gotten into any of this kind of work. It's like there's just there's something wrong here. Like he's so proud of himself for picking his nose. And there's nothing like children don't need to do anything to be loved and to be nurtured and to be cared for. Like they just need to exist to receive all of that. But they also need to experience that, you know, life sometimes like life gives you challenges that you don't always win because that's what's going to drive them to try to win next time or try to not feel that next time. But if we never give them the opportunity of feeling bad, right, because we always make it better with a trophy or a lollipop, then what are we teaching them? That it's that that feeling of feeling bad is not a good one and that it's there's something wrong when you feel it. Compound that over the years. Now you have young adults or adults that don't really have the resilience because the moment they feel a little bad, it's like, but where's my trophy? But where's my mm -hmm. medal? Like, I'm not supposed to feel this way. I have to get something to get this feeling off, right? So that I don't feel yeah. this anymore. So I think we need to allow them to feel that discomfort. Yeah. Uh, and there, to me, there's a lot uh, that, that goes into failure and to having that feeling of I didn't get it all or whatever it might be because um, I know to some that this is, kind of probably controversial for what I'm going to say, but I, 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 I tend to believe that because of everybody's a winner and because, like you said, kids who get to pick their nose and they win a trophy and things like that, they, I think they grow, end up growing up not knowing any consequences. So you, you're here to be a part of a team or you're here to do something to compete and, but you don't do anything, but you still get a trophy. And like you're saying, or alluding to where that, that doesn't, uh, I should say for me, then it doesn't teach you to be competitive. It doesn't teach you to go that much further to make yourself better. I'm content. Hey, I got a trophy, got a trophy. I didn't have to do anything. So am I wrong in thinking that way or? No, I mean, I, I don't think so. And I think, you know, there, it's, it's multifaceted, right? The, the consequence thing, because right now the consequence is, okay, um, I didn't do anything, but I got a trophy. But maybe, you know, I, I lived in Miami and there were a lot of hit and run drivers that would um, hit cyclists. And, you know, there were a few fatal accidents and then they would drive away. And the parents would try to hide the car and would try to hide, like protect the son. And I mean, I get goosebumps because if it was my son, my, my, my desire would be to protect my child, right? But these people didn't even stop to see if the person that they hit was alive or dead or to call 911 or to help. And that's what we create when we don't allow them to face consequences for their actions. Right. Mm -hmm. Or to be so afraid that, you know, that 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 we we cover for them and that's not going to empower them. Um, 
And one time I tried to do that with my kid, right? He got in trouble. I, had, I have a troublemaker. And I think it was like in the second grade or in the third grade. And he must have done something. And I went to the principal's office and I was like, well, no, because like my kid and he's blah, blah, blah. And I remember so well, and I'm so grateful to that principal. And she's like, Miss Ramirez, the teacher saw him, right? And it's like, <laughs> you're protecting him now, right? Like in, ten, in five years, it's going to be about smoking in 10, like what else? Is he going to be allowed to do because you're going to protect him? And that was just like a bucket of cold water. And I was like, she's so right, you know? Yeah. And I think, like you said, parents are covered up. The kids are covered up. They don't know the consequences. But the other thing to me that's kind of frightening is the way they react to it is by anger. Because they don't know any better um, because the parents or whatever has made everything, they fix it and it's, everything's fine. And if there's, if the parents not around or somebody's not around to fix it for them, I think that first emotion that comes out is anger. Um, and I'm, again, I'm going to say this is people may not like it, but I think that, you know, at least the time that we're, you and I are growing up right now, I don't recall, um, hearing about or seeing anything, uh, as far as all these mass shootings at schools or by oh. something that by young people, teenagers or young 20 year olds and things like that. But I attribute it to because they got angry because something didn't go right or they didn't know how to emotionally handle it. Yeah. I think it's all, you know, part of that, that lack of resilience, you know, or mm -hmm. the, the, the seeing what you see outside, like you see Instagram, and that's somebody's curated outside and you're comparing it to what you feel inside and it's not, it doesn't match, right? Like you don't feel how they look. So you think there's mm -hmm. something wrong with you. And then you start hating them because it's like, well, why are they so happy? Why can't I be happy? And it has nothing to do with that, you know, but, but they just don't have the, the skills or the resilience to be like, okay, well, how can I make myself happy? Who is responsible for that? They, and then you create this anger towards a world that is not even real because it's not like, you know, the, the, it, it's not like the, the, what the influencers that you see on, on Instagram, like that's not their real life. That's their curated life that they're putting forth. I mean, I, when I first quit my job, I was an, I was a triathlon influencer. And I mean, you know, it was always a picture of me going, it was never like, oh, my God, I almost died. I hate this, you know. Um, <laughs> so I think that's that's part of it is is the building of the resilience is the building of, you know, when you know how to face a challenge, then you can trust yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. So I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, my kids are never going to be homeless or hungry because I will do whatever it takes for that not to happen, whether I have to work five jobs and, you know, granted I'm, I'm educated. I have experience, you know, I, I have an advantage. I get that. But from where I am, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that's not going to be my kid's story. Yeah. If uh, anybody can think that for themselves then all the other challenges, you know, they're okay. They're going to be okay. Yeah. Um, as long as they don't, 
protect their child. Like we were saying, protect by hiding um, them from harm and things like that. So, But if you don't allow them to have challenges, like that sense that I have that my kids are never going to be homeless, that kid will never have it. Yeah. Right. So I'm trying is like you want to raise adults who, when the whole world falls apart, can rely on themselves and that know themselves enough to know is like I faced difficult things. I can do this. Like I will do whatever it takes. But if you don't know, if you've never had to do whatever it takes, how do you know that you will do whatever it takes? And that's where the yeah. fear is. It's like, well, I've never had to face anything like I don't know, like if that happens, I'm going to be really afraid of that because I don't trust myself because I don't know, because I haven't been there before, because I haven't experienced it before. And I don't mean that you, you know, there are age appropriate things like a, a child shouldn't have to experience these big traumatic things like in order to feel empowered. Of course not. But, you know, they will be, you know, the, the me of 10 years will be able to handle a whole lot of things that the me of today can't handle because I just don't know how, but little yeah. by little, I will like with these micro challenges, I'll go learning and learning and be able to handle way more than I can handle today, which is way more than I was able to handle 10 years ago. And the same is true for a child. Do you believe in with risk comes reward then? Yeah, absolutely. If not, like, what is the reward if you do nothing? Right? A, a trophy. Right. But yeah. Yeah. Um, so but how? Can I, I'm sorry. Can yeah. I say? Oh, yeah. No, go ahead. Yeah. Just because we think that we are risk adverse. But the truth is that we take risks every single day. We just assimilate them. Right. So if I the example I always give is like, let's say that I have to walk to the grocery store to buy dinner to feed my family. And I walk there and I come back like there is no guarantee I'm not going to hit be hit by a bus, you know, yeah. but I want to feed my family. So I still go, but I mitigate the risk. I go during the day. I cross at the cross slide. I wait for the line to the light to turn red so that, you know, there's no cars coming. So you mitigate the risk, but the risk is there. It's just that we're so used to it. Right. And we, we've assimilated that risk. So we don't see that as a risk. So all we're doing is playing at a different level every time we take a little risk that we haven't before until we assimilate it to, okay, like going to the grocery store. Now that's just what I do. Yeah. Does that make sense? It, it does. And then it throws a whole other loop in my head about, okay, as long as we're not consciously thinking about all those things, because it, uh, to me it almost borders on phobias where I consciously say, okay, I, I'm going to go at 3.15 because I know it's the safest time and it's 3.14 right now. I've got to wait a minute. It's, I, I think that, you know, some people get to that point. Absolutely. Um, but that's a mental health issue, right? It, it, yes, that's yes. Not, the majority of us should be able to handle that, that, that risk. And if we're not, it means that we need help. And there's nothing wrong with needing help. But it doesn't mean that everybody else shouldn't accept their risk because I'm, I have to wait until 3.15 to cross the street. Gotcha. Yep. Um, and I want, I want people who are watching and listening to know that this does not have any borders as far as uh, demographics, um, age, or economic level or anything like that. This goes for 
everyone, everyone, everywhere. You, you can you can accept the challenges as they come, or you can avoid the challenges, whatever. But it it has no borders and boundaries. So. Absolutely, and but the truth is, like some people have more challenges than others, mm -hmm. right? Um, yes. What if they were the lucky ones? What yeah. if we decided, like, what if we decided that it's like, wow, they really have all these opportunities to grow? That maybe that's toxic positivity. I don't know, but I know my challenges. And if everybody was going to put their stuff in the table and my life has not been necessarily easy, I'll pick mine right back up. I know them. Yeah. I know how to handle them. Right. Yeah. Um, so absolutely. It doesn't, we all have challenges in different shapes, ways, and forms, but we also all have the ability to handle them with confidence. If we train ourselves and we practice and we allow ourselves to make mistakes and to learn from them. Yeah, like I said, we have to allow ourselves to do that and to learn from it. And uh, I think the one thing that goes across for everyone is we all have choices. And if somebody says, I don't have a choice, well, you still have a choice. Yeah. You do. There is, there is that yes and no. You do have a choice. You can't say, I don't. Uh, it's, even if somebody puts a gun to your head, and I'm sorry to say gun, but even if they put a gun to your head, you have a choice still. It's just a, one might end it really quick, but you know, but you got, you do have that choice. Yeah. I've had a gun to my head. Like I had like, I have like so many stories, you know, but I was carjacked and I had a gun to my head. Um, I know. Right. But, um, but, but, what I tell people, you know, and when I teach kids, I, I teach them this and they're like, whoa. And it's like, nobody can think for you. Nobody can think mm -hmm. for you. And me as a parent, I can control what time you wake up, what time, what you eat for breakfast, what clothes you wear, what school you go to. But there's one, not one damn thing that I can do about what you actually think. That is power. That's power. Yeah. Right. And as an adult also. So I have a choice. Like I can be listening to this podcast and maybe it's somebody that's really like triggered or says like, what the hell? That's a choice. That's a thought that they control and only they control. And the same. And so if I can control my thoughts, then I can control to change them into something that serves me better because it's all a crapshoot anyway. Like who knows, right? So I might as well create the story and the thoughts that are going to empower me to do the things that I feel like I want to do right now. Yeah. And that goes for people who don't want to listen to a podcast or watch a channel. Change the channel. That's right. <laughs> um, this kind of leads me into the uh, the comparing of the uh, uh, the despair. I mean, we we we've, we've kind of talked about this the whole time, but we do end up sabotaging our own self worth. And that, that just seems like it's a lot easier. You know, top of the hour, we were talking about how much easier it seems like it is to be negative and not accept the positive. And, you know, I think that's probably part of the sabotaging our own self-worth. Is that is that it? I think so. And, and you know, so when you compare, you're, you're usually com comparing in one of three ways, you know, like your insights to somebody else is outside, like we said in the Instagram thing. You're usually comparing you know, like one person's quality to all of you. So maybe you have a friend who's really smart and then you have a friend who's really athletic and then you have another friend who's got, you know, gorgeous and another friend who's really talented musician. And you look at that one person and you're like, well, I'm not, you know, all of these things, therefore I suck, right? 
the one to many. Yeah. And then the other one is someone's chapter one to someone's chapter 11. If I wanted to start a podcast today, I would look at you and be like, oh my God, I'm not good enough. Well, I, you know, I haven't done it. Like you've been at it for a lot longer. So I'm comparing my chapter one to your chapter 11. So if we become aware of how we compare to other people, then we can just chill out a little bit and relax that we all, we are where we're meant to be for our life's journey. Right. You've made that so easy to understand. And if you're a parent out there right, right now and you've got some younger kids, I think you should do exactly what Christina just said really is to, well, explain it that way. Oftentimes, like you said, especially in the social media, we look at that person's persona as far as that exterior and we're comparing that to our interior. I never thought about it that way. And the other very, very simple thing that you said that I also, I never thought about is I look at, you know, I still do, um, certain friends that have either achieved something or they've got a certain personality or look. And I mean, it doesn't affect me now, but I, 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 in my head, I think it's like, wow, I wish I was like that. But you're, we're just looking at that one thing from that one person. But we've got five different friends with all these things. But then we say, ah, I wish I could do that. But that's just not me rather than, oh, just one quality. Exactly. And admire them for it. Mm -hmm. Like how amazing that you have a friend that is so great at that thing. What can you learn from them? How can they teach you? How can they inspire you? Instead of feeling like you can look at somebody and make yourself feel bad. Or you can look at somebody and it's like, oh, my God, here's my opportunity to be better. Yeah. You get to choose. Nobody chooses that for you. That's why I keep saying, like, bring it back down. It's like, you have the choice of what thought to think. And that thought is going to either lead you to feel like crap about yourself or be empowered enough to ask that person to be your mentor or to emulate them or to, and, and to become more like some a quality that you admire in somebody. But it's a choice. Yeah. Um, and I, I think... Um, nowadays, because of the social media, I love social media. I think it's very positive. It can also ah, ruin some lives, <laughs> but I, mm. I think as a whole, it's uh, a positive thing. But what I'm getting at here is it seems like uh, perhaps with the younger girls um, and uh, younger meaning 20s and under a bulk of, and I'm not going off of any statistics, but they still compare themselves with the picture of that they, they see. Um, and I think, sorry, I'm going to say this. I think females have been doing that for years. They'll just okay. compare themselves to another girl, whereas guys don't look at a guy that way and say, oh, he's a good looking guy, a handsome guy. I wish I looked like that. Um, but that everybody is appealing to somebody. If you think you're ugly, change that frame of thought. You're convincing yourself you're ugly, not everybody else. And that's where we need to do. I think part of your thing is really changing the mindset. Exactly. And, and it all boils down to the choice of the thoughts that you allow yourself to think. And then mm -hmm. somebody's like, oh, Christina, you don't understand. It's just who I am. No, that's a habit. You have the habit of looking at somebody else and feeling bad change the habit to a habit of looking at somebody else and feeling inspired. Or you have a habit of looking in the mirror and thinking whatever. Change that habit, right? Is it easy? Not necessarily. It takes work. 
But if you make the decision that this is no longer who I'm going, like I'm not going to allow myself to do this to myself anymore, then barring serious mental health issues, right? Like yeah. barring because I'm not, I'm not, that's not, but for the majority of us, we have the tools inside of ourselves to overcome these things. We just have to be empowered to do so. Do you have one um, suggestion or one particular way where somebody could start? And I forgive me for keep on saying changing the mindset because I, because it is a choice. And I think it, it starts mentally where you have to change. Is there, is there something that people can do to kickstart that change or how they could kickstart their mental um, mental thought? Absolutely. Um, so glad you asked that question. Um, first is to be aware of it, right? To understand, okay, this is a habit. So just like I have a habit, I was a smoker for 15 years. Like I had a smoke, like I can change that habit. So first is, is being aware of it and then catching yourself. So if I wanted to change, I don't know, give me a belief just, just so that I have an example. Um, uh, you, you want to be a champion skateboarder. Okay. No, that, that's be, not a belief, right? <laughs> it doesn't matter. But let's say that I was like, well, I can't skateboard because I have two left feet. You know, it's like, so I just, I can't. I mean, like other people, they might be super talented skateboarders, but not me. But I really, really want to skateboard, but it's just, I can't. So anytime that I hear that thought in my head or that I see somebody else skateboarding and I start feeling bad about myself, I can say, oh, there it is. I know that that's my habit now because I'm trying to change and I know that it's going to keep coming up and trying to hold me back. There it is. In the past, I used to think that. But now I'm trying to be different and I'm creating a different habit. So now I'm going to think this instead. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but do that over and over and over again and you will. Right? Can I tell you a quick story that will? Uh, yes, please. I'll make it fast. Um, have you ever had like Werther's Vanilla Caramel Candies? And if you haven't, you must have them. They're like the best <laughs> candies in the world. They're the best. Oh, my God. The only problem is that they come in these little bags. And if, my, if I got the bag, I would eat the whole damn bag. There was no just eating one. And my husband, trying to be nice, would go to the store and he would bring me a bag. And every time he'd bring me a bag, I'm like, no. You know, because it was like this torture of like, I feel like I'm out of control because I would eat the whole bag. So I got a little candy and I put it right here on my computer so that I would see the candy every time that I looked at the screen. And at the beginning, every time I looked at it, I'd be like, I'm someone who has self-control. Because if I didn't have self-control, I'd be eating the candy, not eating the candy. I have somebody that have, I'm somebody that has self-control. I did that for like three days or four days, and it was ridiculous. But guess what? I don't need the whole damn bag anymore. It right? works. I did something very similar to that. And if I, if I may add, you know, we're talking about habits. And so I want people to understand that it took a little bit of time to get that habit. It may take twice as long to get out of that habit. So habits mm -hmm. can't be changed overnight. So don't expect just because yes. you admire somebody and you feel bad and you understand that it's a habit and you recognize it and you acknowledge it, don't think it's going to change tomorrow. You, you've got to break that habit and it could take a little bit of time. But if you're 1% better every day, mm -hmm. there's like this one I, I read that I can't remember who the person that wrote this, but um, like if you're 1% better every day in four months, 
you will be 100% better. Well, yeah, and that's, that's what people don't, I think a lot of times they don't understand is either, I don't have time, it takes too long. Well, what do you mean? Like you said, take that 1%. 1% every day is 100 days. That's less than one year. 365 days in a year. So, you know, 1% a day. I love yeah. that. Think about it that way. Just little incremental uh, uh, changes in your thought or whatever it might be. I like that. Yeah. And don't get so hard. At, like, it, it, you know, like I can still look at myself as like, oh, my God, there's my thought again. Like, how much longer am I going to think? Like, I thought I was over this already. Come on. You know, like I can say that or I can just be gentle and be like, wow, I'm growing, you know, but yeah. I still have some more work to do because clearly that thought is still there. But that's yeah. OK. You know, we're working on it. You can be kind to yourself. You know, there's no law that says that this must be hard and you must suffer through it. You can be gentle. And that works with everything, right? Everything. everything. Mm hmm. Um. I just want to throw out there again your your website because I still have it up over here. Again, it's Christina M. Ramirez dot com. It's Christina just C R I S T I N A and then the letter M Ramirez dot com. And again, you've got a lot of a um, lot of great things here. Uh you do life coaching. Uh you don't do any do you do individual now or mainly groups now? I do mostly groups. I will mm -hmm. do individual if it's like I don't know if it's if it's somebody that really needs my help or that we're really connected or that like is really serious about it. I think because I love group coaching because I learn a lot from listening to other people get coached because then I'm not in the hot seat and I'm not like trying to think of the answers myself. Um, but, you know, so I rarely do one on one coaching. But, you know, if it's I don't know if it's if it's something really different or new or somebody that's like, but Christina, like I can't. Like, you're the one, of course, you know, I'm not going to let somebody yeah. not be helped because I'm like, no, I don't do that. Um, I'm, but, uh, but the one thing also, like, my, I answer every email, and people think I'm crazy, but, like, I may not answer it right away, but just write to me. I'm, I'm happy to answer questions or to just, you know, um, I'll, I'll answer if somebody writes. And I will say, yes, she is very responsive because you, know, <laughs> you booked it. You made a change. Chuck, I made a change. Oh, Chuck, I did this again. Okay, Chuck. That's <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> yep. Which is very great being communicative like that. Um, communication is key to a lot of things. And even what we're talking about today, uh, communication, uh, that, that, can, that can help a lot. Opens a lot of doors, does a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, now... Because you have so many different things on here, and I think we've covered really everything that I uh, had planned on talking about, um, you know, moms, moms are very, very important. And you have something here about confident mom. If you wouldn't mind, can we just take a couple minutes to talk about what is that? What is this confident mom thing? Absolutely. It's, I, I, I love working with, with moms. And I remember when I had my kids, like I was going to, I was going to get it right which meant that I was going to do everything different than my parents did. Right. And so I put so much pressure on myself. It's like, but what if I'm, but, and, and anybody who knew 1% more than I did was an expert in my world. And I had, I had zero trust in my parenting skills at all. So I was all like, I read every book. I, I, I felt like I got a PhD in child development. And what I realized is that 
that's not what makes you a good parent, you know, um, and it's learning to trust that you know your child better than anybody else. And because you know your child better than anybody else, trust, starting to trust the, those instincts and those stories and the, what you want to do, you know, how you want to empower and help that child. Mm. And that's what being a confident mom is. It's not like there's no like whether you co-sleep with your baby or you let them cry it out or they go to Waldorf schools or public schools, like all of those things, like you're the one that's going to know where your kid is going to be best served. So it's, it's coming back to you and trusting you as a parent. Okay. Now, because I, earlier I said that I think social media can help a lot. This seems like one of those situations where if you, if you are a, a mom, a new mom, or an old mom, or not not old and age wise, but you know, um, I I I would think that seeking out a group of moms or um, coming to your website could be very very helpful to those to those moms. Um, yeah. Well, parenting is lonely, you know, like especially mm -hmm. if you don't have another another parent to parent with. Um, and even if you do, like when my, when my kids were younger, I, I had my husband and it was still lonely because it was still like, what the hell am I doing? I don't want to mess this up, you know? <laughs> um, and, and there is no book. And so, um, if I didn't have my group of moms that we just bounced, I, like, I don't know what I would have done. Um, and now as a widow, single mom of two teenage boys, I feel that a lot because every decision is on me, right? Like I don't have somebody to bounce, but then nobody knows my family and my kids the way I do. So even if I go to somebody and I ask their advice, their advice is still going to be based from their framework, but they don't really understand our culture or the, what we've been through. So it's trusting, you know, it's like getting people's opinions, but coming back to you and trusting that, you know you, you know, and you know mm -hmm. your kids and you've got to move forward. So it's nice to have somebody to bounce ideas off. Um, but then ultimately it's up to you to decide which idea to grab onto. Can I throw this out there? No, I'm not going to ask. I'm going to throw this out there. Uh, we're talking about moms. <laughs> we're talking about moms, but I don't want to forget about the dads who are raising their kids by themselves. So if we say mom, for me, what I'm thinking of is a nurturer. So, and you know, oftentimes well, I would say females are nurturer and things like that. So I'm, I'm kind of doing a blanket. So for the men out there, if you are a mom, dad, and mm -hmm. you are the uh, sole parent of raising, or maybe you're stay at home dad, don't just try to find a, another guy to talk to about this moms who are the, nurturers they're they're your resource you know talk yeah. to them well i go to dads to talk to about my boys you know like i don't i i didn't even know how to help them shave like i don't know how to shave somebody's face like what's that so i have a, a group of guys like my brothers-in-law and they're my uncles and stuff like that that they are they're who i go to to ask questions to bring that side into it because I don't have it and yet I have boys and I want them to have that those male role models so if I can't give yeah. it to them I'm I find them for them and there's no shame in asking for help 
on anything. Absolutely. It's actually a gift because when I ask you for help, like if I were to ask you for help, it's like, hey, Chuck, can you help me? Because I'm really stuck in this. And you spend 10 minutes of your time and you help me. How are you going to feel? Oh, I'd feel great. Right? It's really, you feel good helping somebody else. But yeah. if I never asked you for help, then I'm depriving you of that, you know, of that moment of feeling good about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That is absolutely right. Yeah. So the, I think I, I, I've, I've learned a <laughs> number of things from you today. So, and I will implement some of the changes and things like that. My life, honestly, I'm feeling good about things, but there's always growth. There's always something new. Um, I, I think that's the other thing, too, is that we shouldn't think that we know everything and we shouldn't close the door and say, I already know that. There's something to be learned from everyone and anyone mm -hmm. every day. Absolutely. And even if they you disagree, because I used to be like that, like I was stubborn and all as all hell, like. I knew everything. You could not teach me anything, you know, but, um, but then of course, like I'm, I'm learning. And, um, if I don't agree, I'm still learning that my point of view is really strong in me. And I'm going to respect mm -hmm. that because I'm trying to listen to you and I'm learning from you, but I just don't agree. So it just makes me stronger in my beliefs and that's learning too. Yeah. And let's accept everybody's opinion, I suppose. Yeah, accepting is is good, but yeah, I know there's always these little caveats of okay. I mean, I you know, and that's when it gets tricky, and that's why you know I can accept ninety five percent of people's opinion, but there's always going to yeah. be that five percent that I just think they're crazy, and I'm not going to accept it. I'm sorry, but that's okay. It just creates my conviction and my like it's just more understanding of me and who i am and how i present myself in this world and what i do with it and we should all walk around empowered enough to be okay with that you know i 100 percent agree okay. christina i it, this has been like i said really enlightening for me on a, a number of things uh, there are a handful of things that i had never even considered I thought I was beyond the, that point of ha needing to know and learn, but um, especially what you touched on saying that a lot of times if you look at something or someone and you might compare, you're just looking at that outside or that one thing and you're comparing that one thing to everything about the inside of you. And I never thought about it that way. And I think just hearing you say that, and I think for people who now have heard you say that, if they could transfer that to their their child and i i think that's that what that's that's five percent that's like five days five Ooh. days worth of stuff so um <laughs> awesome. thank you very much is, is there anything else that you want to add or um are you feeling comfortable and good sharing that knowledge no i like there's few things that i love more than than doing this kind of stuff and then just talking or, or sharing my my teachings, you know, or, or my message with people. And I'm just very grateful for the opportunity of sharing it with your audience. And I hope that they, you know, like you learned, maybe not that 5%, but even if they learned 1%, I call that a victory. And I'm super grateful. Thank you. Oh, thank you.